Welcome back to the Pitch Podcast. There is a lot of Adelaide United football on at the moment. Um, the past results in the Isuzu Ute A-League men's competition and our Liberty A-League women's competition is something that I don't want to talk about. So we might do that a little bit later on as we turn our attention to the two big games this weekend, Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory. There's a lot of Melbourne, which we don't like. Let's talk to our reigning coach of the year and someone who has made such an impact on so many, uh, not just footballers around South Australia, but young individuals as well. And that is Adrian Stentz. Stentz, thanks for joining us. No worries. Pleasure to be here. Now, it's great to have you here. We've had a lot of your players um, so far on the Pitch Podcast where we've got to learn that Jenna McCormick likes wearing Crocs, like very unique kind of Crocs. Fiona Wirtz was picking grapes and emptying rubbish bins at hotels and Marushka Waldus likes riding bikes around and enjoying the kind of life. So you've got a lot of personalities that you have to take care of, don't you? Yeah, there's a few personalities in the team, but uh, it's what makes coming to work every day and, and working with those players really interesting. Let's talk about your work to start off with, because I like to get to know the person behind the, the coach or the player. So you've got a, a couple of roles across South Australia, obviously, with a, a teaching background. you want to talk us through that to start off with before we get into football? Yeah, no problems. Uh, I've been a high school teacher, a PE teacher for well, a long period of time now, probably since 2003, and... Um, been working in that role full-time uh, at a couple of different schools um, and then also couple that with some, uh, some coaching, obviously with the, the, uh, the women's team and a little bit, little bit of stuff in the NPL and with the youth team previously as well. Um, and then sometimes I see my family as well. I've got a, a wife and two beautiful young uh, daughters um, and like to spend as much time with them as I can when I'm not at, at one of my jobs. Um, and so, yeah, that's a little bit about my professional and, and personal background. You've had a really heavy involvement with Cedar College, which we've, we've worked together um, in a, a couple of really cool productions. And obviously, it's a little bit different, your role in 2023. But what's that been like? Because Adelaide United's had a really good connection to Cedar College too. It's been really interesting. Last year was my first year at Cedar College after almost 20 years at another Adelaide High School. And uh, I was just looking for something uh, different, step outside of my comfort zone and, and challenge myself a little bit. And what I found was, uh, you know, a really different way of doing high school, basically. Um, and the connection with football as well was there. So I think it's a really unique um, school setting. And I think it's, uh, you know, really exciting times ahead for a, for a young school that's still developing. And how does football come into your story? When did you start developing a love for football and then decide that it was coaching that you really had a passion for? Um, well, probably through my, my father. Uh, my dad was really big on football. He uh, emigrated out here from, from Italy uh, after the war. And, um, yeah, he used to take me to games and some of my earliest footballing memories were out at uh, Olympic Park, I think it was called, at Kensington, watching Adelaide City play there. Um, and then here also at, at Highmarsh, watching Adelaide City play here with my, with my dad. Um, and I, I really enjoyed not only watching the game but also watching him because he would just... He would just lose his cool during the game and, and was really passionate about it um, and so really had that, that love and enjoyment of football and he instilled that in me um, and then just started playing you know, both at school and at club from a really young age. Um, and again, my father was a, a central figure in my early playing career as well because he coached a lot of the school teams I played in and a lot of the junior teams he was involved with as well at club level. So, uh, yeah, I guess my passion and love for football comes from him. And how do you then 
make your way to Adelaide United. Like for those people listening that are passionate about coaching, you you have an involvement now with the women's team, but obviously, as you said, with the, the youth team as well. So how do you actually make that connection? Is it a, an application process? Does someone ask you the question? What, how does that process work? Yeah, I think my pathway is probably a little bit different to some others. So um, I hadn't had a lot of experience with coaching at a club level I guess um, most of my coaching and experience had come from my education background in a school setting um, but I had a, a colleague of mine who was working with the Adelaide United youth team at the time as a team manager and um, I was looking to step into you know a more professional environment and, and see what I could learn um, and so I just asked him if I could come out with him and and uh, spend some time with the youth team and uh I was able to, and through that, through just really volunteering my time mainly, um, I spent two two seasons with the youth team under Michael Valcanis and Ange Costanzo at the time, just volunteering my time and trying to be useful where we could, and went through a couple of um, you know local seasons in the state league and the MPO, and also some of the the youth league seasons back then, which were still running, and basically just tried to get some on the job experience in a in a more professional environment and. It was easy for me to make the transition across to coaching because I was a pretty average player. Um, do you have to go uh, – I'll come back to that. Don't think I'm going to forget <laughs> that part. Um, licensing, so is there a particular licence that you need? Is that accessible here in Adelaide? Do you have to go to Canberra or how does that all work? Yeah, so it was actually Michael Valcanis who uh, sort of said to me that I should think about you know doing some licensing and getting accredited. Um, and so I did a, an A licence, uh, sorry, a C licence first here. Um, what does that mean, C licence? So the C licence is sort of the uh, sort of first step in a professional coaching pathway, I right. guess. Um, it was actually run by Ayrton Andrioli, yep. who's uh, an assistant coach now with the with the men's team and also works with the youth team. And so, so I did that in Adelaide, um, then sort of took what I learnt from, from that experience and that... Um, course and put it into practice with my own coaching and then just sort of work my way through the coaching pathway which then involved a B licence and then an A licence. Do you have to have an A licence to coach at the top level? That's a non-negotiable? Yeah, I think I believe so. A-League women level, um, yeah, I believe that's the case. I I compare you and I want you to hear me out here because I'm not being disrespectful when I say this. I love um, uh, the NBA and there's a coach of the Miami Heat, his name's Eric Spolstra. And he started off as one of the analysts for Miami as like looking at stats and vision and then went through a pathway and and has now become one of the most successful coaches of the modern era of that franchise. And I love that because when you put yourself down and you said that your football career wasn't anything special, he never played professional basketball. But I think that that's a really special thing that some coaches and managers have because um, you're learning about how to communicate with people and it's not necessarily, hey, look at my resume, this is what I can do. It's not about that anymore because if you were good enough to still be playing, you'd still be playing. But this is actually about how you can deliver a message and connect with people. So I'm sure that must make you pretty proud that it's not necessarily, yeah, let's see how many games you've played or how many goals you've scored. It's what you can actually offer the overall football um, department. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, what I do lack, I guess, in that sort of professional footballing career, I make up for in a whole lot of other areas. Um, you know, 20 years as a as a teacher, uh, there's a lot that goes into that role and into that job. Um, and I think it provides me with a lot of good tools and a, and a skill set to be a really successful coach because at the end of the day, coaching is all about 
forming good relationships and finding ways to communicate your message across in a really clear way. Um, and if you can't do those two things as a, as a teacher, then you've got no hope. So um, I think I've got a lot of other transferable skills that hold me in, in good stead, um, despite not having played the game at a high level. And you coach women, and you're not a woman, but you live with women. So um, I've, I've, I say this on repeat that, you know, we're both fathers of, of daughters, which is um, a really nice thing to have. And I'm sure that helps you learning um, how to communicate with women because it's very different. And especially you've got to break those barriers to start off with when you come in um, as a man. You've got to understand how, first of all, female professional athletes think some of their needs, which are different to male professional athletes. But you take the athlete part of it away, they're different human beings. Yeah, and that's that's the main thing. For me, I don't really look at them as, as females or, or coaching women. First and foremost, for me, they're footballers. Um, and so, just like any footballer, they want to get better, they want to improve, they want to be really good at their job and what they do. Um, so, for me, that's the most important thing. Uh, but you are right. There are, there are some subtle differences in the way that you communicate, the way that you get your message across, and how you can be a bit more effective in building those relationships. Um, and I don't think it's just split on gender lines either. I think you know everyone's an individual as well, and so that's why I feel like relationships are such a, a strong part of being a successful coach or a successful teacher or a successful educator. Um, because if you can't form meaningful relationships with individuals, then they're not going to hear the message that you're trying to get across. Did you find that that's one of the, the first things that you needed to learn, similar to being an educator, that um, you might have a particular message, but you needed to understand how to tailor it to different people? So um, following on from what might be a, a pretty tough chat, some players might go run through a brick wall for you. Others might need a follow-up chat just to make sure they're okay. Like understanding how people need to be communicated to is the best way to get the best out of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the other side of that is that with any relationship, there's multiple people involved. And so I think it's really important that you just stay true to your values and, and be yourself and just be really genuine. Because um, if you like that, then I think it's much easier to form those relationships, no matter who the other person is that you're trying to, to form it with. I said um, to Jenna last week when I was lucky enough to have a conversation with her that um, it feels patronising when I say, hey, we're doing a good job recognising women's sport. Um, And I I was talking about the comparisons between when she was here last um, compared to now where um, things would feel different. You know, you're you're sitting here in the polo shirt of Adelaide United. You may not have been doing that a couple of years ago like Jenna with similar sponsors we feel together. It's taken a very long time to get here and we've still got a lot of work to do which with the World Cup coming here, we should be promoting the hell out of women's sport and we should be having packed stadiums and things like that. Where do you think that society, we need to grow to recognise women's sport more? Because the Matildas have been the more popular and successful side compared to the Socceroos for almost a decade. So it's, it's something that we should be celebrating. Yeah, we have to be celebrating it. And you're right, there's been a lot of improvements that have been made over the last few years. Um, but you're also right in that there's still a lot, a lot to, to go under or to, to continue to build with, sorry, um, because it's, it's nowhere near where it needs to be. Uh, I, I guess the issue that we have in this country is that um, you know, we have enough trouble running the men's game as well mm. and providing enough resources for that too. So that's probably a compounding factor as well. Um, but just what most people want to see is that we are heading in the right direction and I feel like the club 
is doing what it can within the means that it has at the moment to try and provide the women's program with what it needs in order to be successful. We can always do with more and we need to keep you know, building towards better programs and, and better resourcing for those programs. Um, but in the last few years that I've been here, I've been really impressed with the, the efforts that the club has gone to to try and, and build the culture around the program. And I'm hoping that an event like the Women's World Cup will, will turbocharge that a little bit more because I feel like women's sport uh, plays a really important role in society and from my dealings with it, it's really inclusive, it's really family-friendly, it's for everyone um, and the players are really good at what they do. What's your goal kind of structure then for yourself? I mean, you speak to a player and a lot of players know that they have dreams of playing in Europe or going overseas and testing it out. Have you thought about where you would like to take your coaching direction? To be honest, not, not really because uh, I'm someone that tries to live in the moment as much as uh, I possibly can and I've never really set out on a career coaching pathway, I guess you could call it. Um, I'm involved in the game because I, I love the game um, and I'm involved with this team because I love the people that I work with. Um, if something you know, was to come down the track, if something else was to be presented and, and come of that, I'd definitely take a look at it. I'm not you know, against it. Um, but it's not something that I'm actively you know, seeking out. I'm trying to do the best I possibly can this year, which is the, you know, the final year of my current contract with the club, and then whatever happens in the future will happen. It feels like it's a really good perspective to have, though, because it means you're not going to focus too much on results not going your way and not get overexcited about the ones that do. Because obviously, after the past couple of seasons, the past two especially, leading up to where we are now, and it being your, your last year of your contract, the job's in front of you. Like You know that it's a results-driven business, and we've got the potential to go all the way. So I'm sure that excites you, but also, as you said, make sure you live in the moment. Yeah, and like I just think it's really important to stay as level-headed as possible and not get too carried away with your victories and, and not get too down on, on the losses because they're going to happen. Um, we play in a really tough league where there's a lot of good teams and... Um, yeah, I think the best thing we can do as a group is just focus on the continued process of improvement uh, rather than the, the round-to-round results, which can be difficult to do in, in a professional environment, um, but th- that's what our focus is. What do you do in your downtime when you're not talking, thinking football or teaching? Like when you get together with your family and you're like, you know what, we have a Saturday where we can do whatever the hell we want in Adelaide, what are you doing? Yeah, we don't get a lot of downtime because my wife runs two businesses as well, so we're pretty maxed out as far as time goes. Um, but we do have a we do have a nice little beach house down at Selix Beach, and so we've spent a fair bit of the summer down there. And we like you know getting out to the beach and spending time with with uh, our kids down there and some friends as well. Um, but yeah, I've got my eldest daughter doesn't play at all, but she's uh, obsessed with with football and all sport mm. really. So a lot of my downtime is is spent watching and analysing football games with Aaliyah. <laughs> Can you actually switch off and have a, like a zero football time to to find your happy place? So for me, like if I go for a run or for forty minutes switch off completely and I don't think about anything for that 40 minutes and I feel a bit better. It's got to a point where if I don't do it, I probably feel a bit crap. What, what's your happy place? Yeah, I, I like to do that as well. So I like to go for a run um, because it's a, a period of time where I can leave my phone at mm. home and, like you said, switch off and not worry about anything else that's going on. So probably exercise is something that allows me to step away and switch off because otherwise uh, coaching is really 
all-encompassing and it's very difficult to step away from the role and to, and to have downtime where you're not thinking about things. Tell us a bit about your coaching staff. I had a, a bit of a conversation with, um, with Tassie last week and I, I grew up in Tasmania so we we're talking about all things Tasmania but talk us through your coaching staff. Yeah, so we've got uh, Michele, who's been with us for a little while now and, and stepped up into the, the senior assistance role this year. And, and he keeps winning awards at the, um, the Football South Australia Awards, like every year. What award's Michele going to win this year? Yeah, 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 he's very well liked. He's an excellent coach. Uh, he's a good-looking boy. Uh, he's got everything going for him. He's just had a, a daughter himself, actually. Right. So he's got a, a newborn, too, um, Zilmira, who's very cute. Um, but, yeah, he, he provides a really important link for us because he's the head coach of the NTC girls mm-hmm. and... And they're sort of our, you know, unofficial you know, feeder club, I guess, uh, in the local WMPL here. Um, so he's been excellent and provides a lot of enthusiasm and, and uh, you know, really passionate about the game. Um, it's been really pleasing to have Alice Gorman step up into an assistant role and, and have a female football coach in a, in a football coaching role in our program. Um, and my hope one day is that, you know, we can leave this program in a place where, um, you know, we get a, a local South Australian or an Adelaide girl step in and, and, and lead the team as a head coach. Um, and so Alice has shown a lot of potential this year and um, she's been fantastic uh, in and around the group and, and I think she's got a really bright future. Um, Tazzy's a really big personality, mm. not just a big boy, but big personality. He was wearing a jumper in like 35 degrees because he just loves the hot weather. And I said, you're an idiot, mate. What are you doing? He just loves it. Yeah, he's always wearing that, that top. So yeah. he never wears the short sleeves. Um, but he's just really passionate about his goalkeeper group and, uh, yeah, he'll do anything for them. He's, he's quite, like, tough on them as well, though. Um, he really challenges them to step outside of their comfort zone and improve. But, um, yeah, I've got a fantastic coaching staff and have always had a really good coaching staff over the years. Stents, appreciate your time on the podcast. We're going to jump into the match preview now, but um, thanks for taking some time to give us a bit of an insight into your life and your passions because we've spoken heaps of times and I love everything that you're not just doing for the club but also young South Australian women and giving them an opportunity because I can see there's a very big difference between um, having an authentic passion and doing it just because you have to and I know for a fact that you're authentic. So we appreciate your time, mate, on the pitch. No problems. Thanks for having me again.